Hi, Pastor Chuck here, and I want to say thank you for listening with us today. Hope this message from God's Word encourages you, challenges you, inspires you, and reminds you of how much God loves you. We're going to be continuing our series on what God can do, kind of titling it God at Work. We see the signs sometimes say men at work. Uh, I was joking when we started this, you don't see many of those, and Christy actually spotted one this last week, one of the men at work signs. Uh, often now you see um, delay ahead, things like that, but uh, the old minute work signs kind of go in the go in the way of the dinosaur. But uh, we're looking at God at work. What can God do? And uh, when we look at Scripture and we see the stories that are there, it is amazing what God can do. This week we're going to look at what God can do through His Word. And uh, we'll just jump right into our Scripture reading. <clears throat> Scripture in the day is going to be Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 40. An angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, and to the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus. As they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. In that passage, we, we see an interesting story of how God uses his word and how he uses Philip to explain that word to someone. And I just think it's an amazing story that today uh, in our on-site service at our church is uh, what we call Gideon Sunday. And it's a Sunday where uh, men from the Gideon's International Organization will come in and they'll uh, tell us some of the things that God's been doing through their organization. And most of you know who the Gideons are. They're the ones that, that, that give out the Bibles. Uh, they're the ones that place them in hotel rooms. They're the ones that uh, give them out on uh, school campuses, uh, college and, and elementary and, and all over the place. Uh, their mission is to, to get copies of uh, the Bible out to as many around the world as possible. And on this day, they come in, they tell us stories of, of how God used one of the scriptures that was placed there to change someone's life. And uh, just this past Thursday night, we, uh, Christian and I had a chance to hear some, some of the stories and how God would use a Bible that was given to a prisoner. And because it was all he had to read, he sat there and read it. And as he began to read the, the, the scripture, it began to change his life. 
and how God has, has taken these people that, that, that all they did was get a copy of the Bible, didn't have someone there to explain it to them, didn't have someone there to, to talk them through it. And they got this copy of the Bible, and now their whole life is on a different trajectory. They're, they're, they're living their lives differently because of the impact and the power of the Word of God. And I always love Gideon Sunday because of that, because we see how God works. And many of the stories that they tell, uh, they, they have stories, obviously, people, as they uh, as their lives are changed, sometimes will reach out to the Gideons and say, did you know it was a Bible that you placed here that changed my life? And so they get all these stories from different places because people come and tell them, uh, you know, what happened in their lives. And it might be, a, you know, someone that's in a hotel room and they pick up a, a Bible there that's, that's been placed in the hotel room. Or, as I mentioned, the, the prison or, or someone that's in a school, in a college or elementary school, and they, and they get one of these Bibles handed to them and the impact it has on their lives. But you know what? That's not a new phenomenon. If you look at the book of Acts here, we see that happening all the way back uh, to, to right after the time that Jesus had descended back into heaven. And here in, in Acts chapter 8, we see that uh, we find this uh, Ethiopian eunuch, this person who's, who's traveling from one place to another. He's, he's traveled from Ethiopia, apparently has gone to, uh, to Israel to worship, and he's, he's returning, uh, it, it appears from the way the text reads, and, and, and he's got a copy of Scripture. He's got a copy of, of what would eventually be included in our Bible, but it was what they had at that time. And it was a, some of the writings of the prophets, in particular the, the, the writings of Isaiah. And we see in this passage, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. So we see the, the story starts with this angel speaking to Philip and said, I need you to do something. I need you to go somewhere. Go now. Now, to me, the amazing thing is, is we, we see you know, that, that idea of obedience. We talked about it last week. God can use our obedience. That The woman that came to, uh, to Elisha and said, I need your help. And uh, he said, here's what you need to do. She had to actually go and take those steps. Her obedience is what God used uh, to, to do this. And here we have Philip's obedience. It says, and he arose and went. You know, we're seeing a trend here. Our faith, our obedience, but God's word and his miraculous power. That's what can transform a life. Our life and those around us. It says, And he rose and went, Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for her to worship. So here's this man who's, who's uh, out of his own town. He's uh, uh, traveling, reading, and, and uh, let's go to the next verse here. And was returning and sitting on his chariot, reading Isaiah, the prophet. So he's headed back to Ethiopia. He's, uh, he's been to the temple, apparently. It says he came to, to worship there. So apparently he went to the temple. He was interested in, in this God of Israel. He was interested in, in Yahweh and uh, wants to know more about him. So he goes and he's, he worships in the temple. And now he's going back, probably still kind of thinking, okay, what does all this mean? But he was reading. He was reading the, the prophet Isaiah. He was reading whatever scripture he had available to him. That was all he could do. You know what the good thing was? It was enough to prompt God to work on his behalf. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, if we just take some time to, to get into the word, we'll, we'll be able to, uh, to get something out of that. God says he promises to bless that. In the book of Isaiah, it actually says at one point, God says, My word will not return into me void. He says his word will work what it needs to do, whether that be the written word, which we have in, in, in the Bible, whether it be his word speaking to you through the Holy Spirit, or whether it be you know, his commands and the things he's given, his word will transform our life. And that's what this uh, Ethiopian unit, he's about to encounter. All he's got is a, is a writing, a copy of, 
uh, of Isaiah. And maybe it's the whole thing. Maybe it's just part of it. We don't know. But he's got some of the, the writings of Isaiah. He's got the word of God in front of him, and he's reading it. This is then said, then the spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. So Philip's just there. He's, he's obeying what the angel told him. He's like, I don't know why I'm here, what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm waiting for further instruction. Don't you love that, uh, that uh, obedience to say, okay, God, I don't know why you're wanting me to do this, but I'm going to do this until you tell me to do something else. He just went. He's there. He's watching. He's waiting. That's like our life ought to be. Sometimes we're in places where we're like, okay, God, I'm waiting for that next step, waiting for the next uh, point, next uh, thing in my life. God's saying, I, I want you just to wait right here. Just sit there and, and focus on listening to me and waiting for my voice. That's what Philip is doing. So the Spirit says, okay, go and, and talk, go beside this uh, chariot here. So Philip goes over and he runs over beside the chariot and he hears the man reading Isaiah. And he goes, oh, you know what you're reading? You understand uh, what's being said there? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip, he would come up and sit with him. He says, why don't you come up here and sit with me? I, I, how can I understand this? You ever feel this way? Like you need help understanding the Bible? Like you need help understanding God's word? You know, for Christians, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. It's also uh, why we attend uh, services and Bible studies, uh, things like this today, because we want to hear the, the word of God. We want to uh, hear what other people have, have encountered about the word of God or have said about the word of God. And, and we do a lot of those things, but none of those things replace a personal reading and listening to God's word. That's what, what triggers our, the God to act on our behalf. So okay, now I'm going to show you. See, he, he, the man, man didn't wait and say, oh, I'm not going to read this because I don't really understand it. He's reading it, wanting to understand it. And it's that faith, it's that diligence that God says, you know what? I can reward that. I've got someone waiting right here. Yeah, they, they weren't waiting there on their own. They weren't uh, <coughs> happened to be there. I had to work a, a miracle to get them there. I had to uh, work in their lives. They had to be obedient and all this. I had to work out all this stuff. But because this Ethiopian unit was willing to read it, was willing to dig in, God says, I'm going to make sure you have something to help you understand it. If, you have, if you're that way and you say, you know, how can I understand this? I, I can't read. Just start reading the Bible. Just start studying. Just start doing what you can. And God will bring in uh, areas for you to understand. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit helping you to understand something you'd read dozens of times before. And now all of a sudden it makes sense to you. Or maybe it's, a, uh, you know, you're reading something and then you hear a sermon or a podcast or something about it. And you go, oh, now that makes sense to me. God will work in your life if you pursue his word. And if you pursue his word, he will help you understand it. Even if he has to whisk someone away from another place and put them right in your path, he will do it. That's the beauty of what I see in this passage. And the place of the scripture which you read was this. He was led as a, sleep, as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb, dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself? Of some other man. Now we know that probably that passage from Isaiah is talking about the Messiah. It's talking about the one that would come and and uh, and, and rescue them from their sins. It was talking about Jesus. That is exactly what Jesus came to do was to to, to fulfill that role of the the Messiah, the promised one. And uh, so the, the eunuch says, you know, who's it talking about? I see what it's saying about this person and what they're going to go through, but but who is that person? And I love what the next verse says. And Philip opened his mouth. And began the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. You know, that's what for us the Bible is all about. It all points back to Jesus and what he was doing. The Old Testament uh, is all looking forward to how the Messiah is going to come, what the Messiah is going to do, and, and the reason for needing that Messiah. 
Paul talks about that over and over in the New Testament, his writing, how the Old Testament was pointing towards that, that work on the cross, to what Jesus was doing there. All those sacrifices we see in the Old Testament, they were showing us you know, that he was going to be a sacrifice for us. All those laws in the Old Testament, all those uh, rituals they had to follow, all the commands they had were showing us that we need a Savior, that we can't accomplish everything on our own, that we're not good enough to do it all and to do it all right, that our sin nature stops us from being perfect. And because of that, Jesus came, the one who was perfect, the one who never sinned, the one who died to take our punishment upon him so that we could have forgiveness for our sins. That's what Philip explains to him. He says, yeah, he's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about the one that, that God had promised back at the very beginning when man first fell and said, I will send a seed of the woman to come and it will crush the serpent's head. That was a promise that he was going to send the Messiah, someone who was going to overcome what sin had destroyed. And Philip's explaining that to this Ethiopian eunuch. You know, Hebrews 4.12 tells us how, how, how impactful the Word of God can be and how uh, what, it can, what it can do. This is in uh, Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, this man didn't know, this Ethiopian unit didn't know when he was reading Isaiah that that book was actually reaching into his heart and starting to show him a need that he had starting to show him something that he didn't know he even needed. He maybe at that point didn't realize he needed a Savior. He may not realize at that point he needed forgiveness of his sins. But the Bible was about to show him that. The Word of God was about to show him that. Because it's, it's quick and it's, it's, it's alive is what that word quick means. And it's powerful. And it can divide asunder even the soul and the spirit. It, it can get deeper into us. It can reach places within us that we aren't even aware have a need yet. And that's what the Word of God can do. That's what God can do through his Word. I love it. says, Philip opened his mouth and preached unto him Jesus. James Merritt is, uh, is, is being quoted as making a statement I thought was very apt. He said, the primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible, but to know God. And that's so true. The primary purpose of reading the Bible isn't to know the Bible, it's to know God. God gave us his word as a way to, to reveal himself to us. And that's what's happening to, to, to this Ethiopian here. Uh, he, he's being, he's having God reveal himself to him. In the past, God was just someone that, that this, this unit was saying, I need to find out who, who I am, who created this, who, who God really is. That's why he's there in Jerusalem seeking out this Yahweh that he's heard about and, and wanting to find out more about it. That's why he's reading the book of Isaiah to say, okay, well, what, is, what can this teach me about it? And, and God is saying, okay, look, I'm showing you something about yourself, that you have a need that you didn't even know you had. And this book isn't just here to, to help you learn facts. And we do a lot of fun trivia and stuff like that on Sunday, fun day. I enjoy uh, that. But the whole point of reading the Bible isn't to be able to answer a bunch of trivia questions. It's to be able to let it transform our life. To be able to know God personally. Be able to know Christ as our Savior. And that's what he does here. He, uh, he teaches him, preaches unto him, Jesus. And notice what happens. As they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What doth hinder me? be baptized. I love the fact that Ethiopia's like, yes, I, I agree with that. I need a savior. And you, he's the perfect, he's the perfect sacrifice. He's the one that came and, and, and suffered for my sins. Then, then I need to act now. I need to do something right away. And so it's interesting that he, he immediately says, well, why can't I go ahead and be baptized? Why can't I just go ahead and, and show my faith? Why can't I go ahead and make that profession right now? What's stopping me? You know, if you're watching this today, you've never accepted Christ as your savior. I would ask the same question to you that Ethiopian is asking for himself, what's stopping you? What's holding you back? 
Here he's saying, well, what stopped me from being baptized, which is kind of what we do after we accept Christ and, and kind of that, that public profession. But it's really that, that same thing, saying, well, what stops me from being able to do all this? What's stopping you from coming to Christ? What's stopping you from knowing him personally? Peter's response, as you would expect any, any missionary, any pastor to do, if thou believest with all that heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He makes that profession of faith right there. He says, I believe that. I, I've accepted him. I, I'm, I'm receiving what he did. I'm, I'm accepting his offer of forgiveness. Salvation is, is that simple. The Bible says that, that what it boils down to, the whole, all that is pointing, all the scriptures are pointing back to is the fact that we have sin in our lives. We were born that way. Because of the fall in Adam uh, in Eve's time, uh, we all inherit that sin nature. And we all do things that, that we know we shouldn't. We all do things that uh, are selfish, things that are, are for us. Even if we're good people, we still fail and, and, and make mistakes. Because of that, we need a Savior. We can't stand before God at the end of time and stand in, his, in front of his perfection. We need to have that sin from us removed or, or taken care of. And that's what Jesus came. He said, I came, if you whosoever believeth on me should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus said, John 3, 16 and 17. He says, whoever believes in me won't perish. That's what this Ethiopian eunuch is saying. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is who he claimed to be. He's the one that came to, to, to be the Messiah. He's the one that came to, to be the sin offering for me, to die in my place, to take my sins. That's what the, the eunuch's doing. And then because of that, he's saying, well, let's go get baptized. Let me, let me finish this off. You know, baptism is one of those things we do today. It's, it's uh, uh, one of the ordinances of the church, if you will. And uh, when, when someone becomes a Christian and they get baptized to kind of show everyone, you know, I was, I was buried with Christ in his death, and I've been raised to new life in his resurrection. That's what baptism is all about. And here he says, let's, let's do it. I'm ready for this. I am, I am totally committed and, 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 uh, and ready to serve the, Jesus as my Savior, as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And so the Ethiopian unit gives the command. He's a man of power. Remember, he's, he's in charge of uh, the, the treasury of, of Candace uh, there in Ethiopia. And uh, so this man is his driver, is his driver. I find an issue his chariot was big enough that uh, he was able to invite Peter, I mean, Peter, Philip up into it uh, to sit with him. So that's, that's a pretty nice sized chariot right there. We're not talking about a, a small thing here. He, he, was, he, was, he was riding in style here. But he commands the chariot to stop. And they, they both go down into this water that they've seen along the edge there. And Philip and the, the eunuch get in there, and Philip baptizes him. He, he says, I'm making that step to say, I now identify with Christ. Do you identify with Christ? Have you let him become your uh, salvation? Have you let him become your righteousness? Well, look what happens next. When they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip. The eunuch saw him no more. He went on his way rejoicing. You know, it says he went on his way rejoicing. God's word can change our mourning into laughter. It can change our searching into solutions. It's the answer because Jesus is the answer. And Jesus is the living word of God. But Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. God moved him on somewhere else. But we don't know what that exact what that phrasing means. It says was found in Azotus. I personally believe it means that's where he kind of came to. Like, boom, next thing you know, he's there. Same way that God had brought him here, uh, he, he takes him somewhere else. Could also just in the way it's worded mean that he just he, he went on his way. And he you know, went, it was a good distance there to Azadus as well, that he just took off and went. 
But God's finishing this miracle of bringing him here to this eunuch because the eunuch was searching for God. The eunuch was looking to God's word. Notice the similarities here to last week. Last week's passage, the uh, the widow woman was coming to Elisha because she wanted to see God's word. And Elisha was the prophet. She, she, was the, uh, she was going to him because he was the one that she expected to hear from God. This Ethiopian eunuch reading the prophet Isaiah, reading the scripture, because he's expecting God to speak through his word, through this, this written word that he has. And in both cases, God delivers. Both cases, God takes their faith. He takes their obedience and he says, and because you're coming to me for, for my word, because you're seeking out my direction, I'm going to work on your behalf. And, and, and in the Ethiopian eunuch's case, it was an understanding of what he was reading. It was an understanding of what the scripture was telling him. And, uh, you know, that, that's the amazing thing. I'm reminded of Jeremiah when he was down and depressed and discouraged. He was wondering, God, why, why are you letting me suffer like this? Why are you letting me go through these things? And, uh, you know, in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 15, we see Jeremiah responding. He's in earlier in this chapter. He's, he's been you know, asking God that question. Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? And God has responded to him and, and promised that, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm working in your life. In verse 15 of Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah says, Oh, Lord, thou knowest, remember me and visit me and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. He's, he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm going through a tough time. I'm going through a hardship. I'm going, I'm really discouraged right now, God. I need you to remember me. I need you to work on my behalf. I need you to do something for me. And then notice uh, what he says in the next words. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Can we do that? Can we say that? Say, God, I, I search out your words and, and I devour them. I, I use them for, for strength. You notice it says, I, thy word was under me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. He wasn't in a season where joy and rejoicing was what defined how he felt and, and who he was. He was in a time where mourning and weeping uh, and crying out to God were defining who he was. And yet God's word could change that. God's word could, could transform him in that situation to have joy and rejoicing. Are you letting God's word work in your life? We, we see it do amazing things when, when it goes out in different places. And, and you hear the, if you could just hear some of the stories that uh, the, the Gideons will tell this weekend, you'll hear uh, just, uh, I mean, mind blowing things. I mean, just things that you think, wow, how could that possibly happen? It's because God's at work. That same power we see doing those types of things is available to us. God just wants us to get up each morning, start reading it. Say, okay, God, I'm going to read this passage. I'm going to, I'm going to let you begin to work it in my I may walk away from that one reading going, I didn't really understand a whole lot of what that meant. But God's going to begin working. God's already working. He's already, he's already getting Philip ready to meet you uh, down the road. He's already started that process. We may not get a whole lot of it, but I'm not understanding this guy. But he's going to do something. And he can change even our worst circumstances and let his word transform us to give us joy and rejoicing. Are you going to spend some time in God's word this week? I encourage you to. I challenge you to. Don't, don't, use, don't let Satan fool you into the life saying, well, I can't understand it, so I'm not going to read it. That's how he just keeps us from getting anything done. That's how he keeps us from being useful in God's service and letting God speak to us. Let, let's, let's, start, let's get into the word. Let's be hungry for it. Let's eat it up. Just like Jeremiah said, let's eat those words uh, like they're food. Let them nourish us. Let them give us healing. That's what God wants to do in your life. That's what God is already at work doing in your life. We just don't know it yet. We just hadn't got that far down the path for, for Philip to come walking up alongside and God say, that's the one. Go talk to him. 
Hope this week you'll spend some time in God's word. Hope it's a week uh, of encouragement to you, uh, and a week of uh, uh, spending some time really just trusting that God is at work in your life and he's doing something. And we see these amazing things God can do. He's doing that in your life. Even if you don't see it, yet. he's doing that in your life. 